The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today's episode of Tables, Others and Chairs is brought to you by our sponsors, Faces Wrestling. Head over to FacesWrestling.com for money off heavy metal wrestling merch. Use the code OTHERS, that's A-T-H-E-R-S, to get 20% off all Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley and Travis Banks merch. Once again, that's Faces Wrestling. Welcome to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the HTM Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Others, and I am coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. On today's show, we're going to have SummerSlam predictions with a very special guest. Uh, We'll get on to that in the second half of the show. Uh, But first of all, uh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Uh, for all fans of British wrestling, uh, Brit Ress uh, sadly died this weekend. Um, it came as a great shot to me, as uh, I'm sure it will to you. Uh, basically, they say it comes in threes, don't they? Uh, well, on the Friday, uh, one of the owners of Progress Wrestling, uh, Jim Smallman, announced that he would be leaving the company at the end of the year. Uh, put out a video on his Twitter, and uh, he will be leaving at the end of Chapter 100 on December the 30th this year. Uh, It's no uh, secret, Jim Smallman is a producer at NXT UK, and uh, he'll be leaving progress in the uh, very capable hands of the other two co-owners, John Briley and Glenn Joseph, uh, who both, incidentally, uh, are producers on NXT UK also. So, uh, that sparked off uh, lots of rumours, lots of conspiracy theories. Uh, The very next day, two pieces of news broke. Uh, The first of them being that Defiant Wrestling uh, are no more. Uh, They are, well, were a uh, company over here in the UK uh, that originally started as What Culture Pro Wrestling, uh, the offshoot from the YouTube channel. Um, They'd been running for three years and they've decided to call it a day, uh, mainly due to the uh, demonetization of YouTube. Uh, Also due to the fact they can't use a lot of talent anymore. Um, when they started, they had a lot of guys who they brought in on one-off performances. Uh, guys like Will Ospreay, guys that are now contracted to NXT UK. Long story short, uh, their roster has uh, dwindled down to, you know, not many star names. And it's safe to say that uh, 
What Culture Pro Wrestling or Defiant, as they eventually turned into. Uh, it was more for WWE fans, casual fans. Uh, they were massively familiar with the independence. Uh, proof in case being when Pete Dunne made appearances, uh, they said that he looked like Jack Swagger and uh, that he was garbage, which uh, shows how much that their fans know one of the best wrestlers currently in the world. But anyway, I digress. Uh, what culture slash defiant wrestling closing their doors? Uh, another sign that Brit Rest is obviously dead. And uh, the final nail in the coffin of British wrestling uh, came from a tweet from Voices of Wrestling uh, on, I believe it was Saturday evening. Uh, we've learned through a source that WWE has informed brackets or will inform, in some cases, affiliated European indies that NXT UK contracted talent may no longer appear on streaming services. They can only work shows, but dark matches only. There you have it. Brit Rest is obviously dead. Um, this will obviously affect Progress Wrestling massively. Uh, currently, their world champion is Walter. Also, the NXT United Kingdom champion. Their tag team champions are Grizzled Young Vets. They won the titles last week, which makes all of this even more bizarre if they knew this was coming. Uh, they are the Progress Tag Team Champions and NXT UK Tag Team Champions. If what Voices of Wrestling are tweeting is correct, then this won't be the case for long. Not only will this affect... Uh, progress is champions it'll also affect a lot of their roster uh, they've got guys like travis banks who are currently involved in a uh, faction the south pacific power trip with a uh, new and tk cooper who are obviously not under contract jordan devlin is featured heavily for progress this year as has Ilya dragunov uh, many other guys have recently announced that they're going to step away from Progress. Flash Morgan Webster and, at the end of the last show, Eddie Dennis. So maybe there is some truth in this uh, tweet that has been put out by Voices of Wrestling. Um, ICW, another company with a big affiliations with the WWE. None of their current champions are uh, contracted to NXT UK but that doesn't mean that it's not going to affect their roster massively you've got guys like Joe Coffey, Wolfgang uh, former ICW world champions uh, you've got Mark Coffey I think he's a former Zero G champion, uh, the women's division, that's going to take a massive hit, uh, Kaylee Ray and uh, Viper who wrestles under the name Piper Niven NXT UK, they're both former ICW women's champions, so if this is the case that none of these guys can wrestle for progress, uh, or ICW, it's obviously going to affect 
the rosters massively uh, over the last few weeks. There's been a lot of speculation about this. Uh, the uh, BritRest Twitter has gone into meltdown. I don't know how to feel about it, personally. Is BritRest dead? No. Uh, not at all. There's plenty of guys. I had a tweet on my uh, Twitter account where I named over 100 people that you could easily put on shows. 100 talents that weren't signed to NXT UK, to AEW, or to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling that you could put on any show up and down the company, the uh, country. Um, has Brit Rest peaked or plateaued? Probably. Um, the fact that you can't have guys like your Pete Dunns, your Tyler Bates, uh, Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, uh, all these great talents that, that have helped build Brit Rest. Uh, Will Ospreay, Jimmy Havoc, their feud in a progress certainly drew me to uh, watch that company and to go out and watch many more companies. Um, it's difficult to say what the future holds for British wrestling. If this is true, what voices of wrestling have put out, then yeah, it's going to have a massive effect on British wrestling. Is it going to kill it dead? No, absolutely not. There's uh, more to British wrestling than progress, than ICW. Uh, RevPro, they had a similar issue that these two companies may experience now when all NXT UK-affiliated wrestlers had to stop wrestling for uh, RevPro. It's been a rebuilding process for them. Have they suffered slightly for it? Yes, attendances have been slightly down. But with them having the draw of still being able to use New Japan talent, um, a match got announced for their Summer Sizzler Tour, which uh, happens before the big Royal Quest New Japan show. So obviously they're going to have a lot of talent over from New Japan the day before that event. Uh, Summer Sizzler taking place the day before on uh, August 30th. They've announced uh, Will Ospreay making a very, very rare appearance in the UK. Will uh, be taking on David Starr, who's uh, obviously gained a lot of headlines recently with his We The Independent campaign. Uh, I believe the stipulation to that match is uh, David Starr wins. He gets control of Rev Pro. And uh, if Will Ospreay wins, it remains with the owner, Andy Quilden. So I imagine that will be a match that will draw uh, a lot of people back to watching Rev Pro. It's a big match. Will Ospreay very rarely wrestles in the UK these days with his uh, New Japan commitments. Obviously, best of the Super Juniors this year and also taking part in the G1, which uh, him and Shingo made the uh, graduation, if you will, to a uh, heavyweight. British wrestling, for me, it, it's more than these big companies. You've got lots of small indies. I think if people support their own local indies, uh, example, I live in the uh, Yorkshire area of England. There's a couple of great companies there. Uh, Breed Wrestling in uh, Sheffield. 
and uh, title wrestling in Leeds. Uh, these are two small but very good companies that put on great shows. Uh, I keep banging on about Breed. They're, they're doing a show in a cave, which loads of people want to be on. Uh, title Championship Wrestling, they continue to knock it out of the park. If they keep getting crowds the way they are, they're going to have to move venue because people are just getting crammed into the Temple of Boom. I think they draw around about 150 people in a very small room. Uh, Breed, they're doing similar numbers. Uh, Hex, small working men's club, they're getting about 150, 200 there. I think for the cave show, they've sold excess of 400 tickets. I know these are not amazing numbers. I know they're not like get 700 that progress get at the electric ballroom i know it's not the 1000 odd that you get at york hall but still they're selling out shows people are enjoying the shows it's very difficult for me to say brit rest will carry on brit rest will be fine there's plenty of guys plenty of up-and-coming talent the last uh progress chapter you had guys like the ojmo uh, they stepped up. They put in a great performance against uh, Shigehiro Irie. Uh, the NIC, a tag team that not many of you will hear about, they made their progress debut. They've been getting around uh, the London area, also making a few appearances up north in places like Tidal and Breed. There's plenty of talent out there. The thing is, what Britress has to do now is what they did back in 2012, and that's build new stars, and it'll take time. Um, Again, I keep coming back to the football analogy. It's like when you have a lower league team, you're going to have to sell your best players when the money comes in. What you have to do then is cultivate young talent, get them up to speed, strap a rocket to them, build new stars. It's as simple as that. As long as the British companies... All around, not just the top ones, the bottom ones as well, the lower end, uh, what I like to call the undergraps. If they can keep pushing young, hungry stars, if they keep getting exposure, they'll work their way up to the progresses, to the Rev Pros, to the ICWs. More eyes will get on them, they'll become familiar with the fans, and hopefully they'll gain following and, and take the places of the talent that have been taken by NXT UK. It's simple as that. And I think what we also have to remember is, as fans, try and not be selfish. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I miss not being able to see Pete Dunne. I miss not being able to see Will Ospreay every week, uh, Jimmy Havoc every week, Tyler Bate every week, uh, Eddie Dennis, Flash Morgan Webster, guys like that. It sucks. But what you've got to remember is, these guys have been busting their ass. This is their job. They owe us absolutely nothing at all. If you're in your job, you want to get to the highest point in the career that you can. You want to be at the pinnacle of your profession. And a lot of these guys see the WWE as the, the, the absolute top aim, the main goal. And you can't deny these guys their dreams. They've put in the hours, they've put in the sacrifices, the long travelling, the working four, five shows a weekend. These guys have earned their shots and sometimes just got to be a little bit less selfish. Say, well done lads, good luck in the WWE and look for new guys to get behind on our own scene. Uh, so yeah, Brit Ress, not dead, peaked, it'll be okay. When we come back, 
We've got a very special guest who I reveal after the break. And we're going to get into SummerSlam predictions. Keep it here, folks. Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. this time, I would like to introduce a very special guest. He is a former tag team champion in Southside and IPW UK. He is the first ever Wrestle Resurgence champion. It is the pansexual phenomenon, Mr. Jack Sacksmith. Hello. How do you bloody well do, others? Nice introduction, by the way. I would forgot about doing all of those things. That's quite cool. <laughs> Well, it has been um, an absolute age since you have uh, retired from the sport of re- professional wrestling. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been tough, but um, we're trying to stay involved with with exploring other avenues at present. Be that commentary, be that hosting, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the future. Actually, great stuff. Um, I thought that we'd get somebody on that uh, actually knows a bit about wrestling. Somebody that's uh, been there, done that, instead of uh, just some uh, straight white guy with a podcast. And uh, <laughs> I thought you were the guy that uh, fit the bill. Well, whilst um, white and male, um, yeah, not straight. So, it, yeah, diversity demographic reached. Excellent. Congratulations. There we go. We're ticking boxes. <laughs> there you go. Inclusivity reigns supreme. <laughs> In it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, SummerSlam, it's this Sunday, uh, I believe it's from Toronto in Canada. Uh, let's go through the card. It's Tuesday, no it isn't, it's Wednesday that we're recording this. Uh, and I have ten matches so far that have been announced. Uh, Rumour has it, there's going to be a couple more announced beforehand. But obviously, we can't predict the future, we don't know what's going to happen. So we're going to yeah. stick with the ten that have been given. Coo, coo, coo. Okay, first off, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship will be defended. Drew Gulak taking on Oni Lorcan. Who have you got and why? Well, um, it's going to be Drew, isn't it? I'm, I'll, I'm, I will confess, I do not watch uh, very much uh, 205 Live. The bits I did watch on it were primarily for Jack Gallagher and Spud. Um, and Spud is now on uh, Raw and SmackDown on a regular basis. Absolutely slaying it in these uh, 24-7 segments. Arguably um, the most over person on the main roster at the minute. I, I just think this guy, that guy uses his real estate better than anyone else in wrestling, quite frankly. He finds a way to be relevant, and um, he's a mentor of mine and an absolute inspiration. But this is not about him. This is about Drew Gulak. Um, I think this will be a spectacular clash. I think uh, Lorkin is exceptional. Exceptional. Um, But I don't think the belt's been on Drew for long enough for them to warrant doing a switch just yet. So I'm going to go for Gulak. I've actually gone for the same as you. Uh, I think Oni Lorcan's probably one of the most underrated guys, uh, certainly, if not on, on the entire WWE, on the 205 roster. 
mm-hmm. he's got that intensity. Everything that he, he does looks like it hurts. It looks legit. I think he's great. But as he stated, the title's only changed hands recently. And I don't think the uh, 205 Live Championship, as I'm calling it, is uh, one that's really hot potatoed that much. When somebody wins it, they usually have a decent run with it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. I'm going to go with Gulak as well. It's, it's a relatively young belt, so you don't see those um, see it jumping around quite so much. Obviously, two I've, um, 24-7 belt is designed to be hot potatoed. That's the whole purpose yeah. of it. But um, the 205 belt is still in its infancy. It needs um, credibility. It needs weight behind it. It needs a run behind it. And um, Gulak's a guy for the meantime. Absolutely agreed. Uh, next up, we've got a hometown girl, Trish Stratus. She'll be taking on Charlotte Flair. Again, you being the guest, I will let you pick first. Um... I think this one's surprisingly harder to call than it should be because um, logic dictates that the legend comes in and puts over the the current roster star. I think Charlotte Flair is arguably the best talent they have full stop in WWE. Um, I think she's the absolute business. Trish, but Trish doesn't really lose in Toronto. Um, She has a bit of a quiet understated reputation for um going over unless it really really matters um so whether this is a situation wwe warrants it as mattering or not is a a bit up in the air but i'm gonna stick with heart rather than head and say that charlotte will get a absolute brilliant match out of uh trish who has not been around for obviously a particularly long time and i think It'll be Charlotte's. I think they'd be dumb to not do Charlotte here. Uh, I Again, I've gone for the same pick as you. I've gone from Charlotte. Uh, uh, yeah. Mainly, primarily, the fact that uh, Trish is in her hometown. And uh, we know that WWE quite like messing with folk that are in their hometown. They usually lose. So, yeah. uh, but she Remember, she, um, she won the women's belt in her retirement match in Toronto as well. I don't know. I just, there's there's this little voice in the back of my head, especially after Raw Reunion and as few people as possible used to put over new talent. Um, yeah, there's just this niggling doubt. I'm going to go for Charlotte, but I think it will be, I think this will be debated in the office more than it should be. Right. <clears throat> so far, we're both two for two, exactly the same picks. Uh, next up, Dolph Ziggler taking on a returning Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> who have you got there? Um, uh, to counteract everything I just said about developing current talent, uh, Goldberg is going to beat him in two minutes, I reckon. He's going to steamroller him. They're going to rub his stock back up after the shower of shite that was Saudi Arabia. Um, and yeah, wasn't the best of matches, was it? No, it wasn't. I think I think he took a big, big chunk of the heat from that than he should have done. I think a lot of that was on uh, Taker as well. I think everybody knows what Goldberg's strengths and limitations are, and I don't think they uh, were particularly well catered to because I think Undertaker, God love him, great one of the greatest of all time, is not in a position to be carrying people anymore. 
and Goldberg needed carrying when he was at his peak, let alone now in his, what is he, 50s, 60s nearly? I think he's but, um, like 52, 53, something like that. Right. Well, yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, two minutes. Goldberg looked like a bit of a star again, and then you can use him on other Saudi shows when needed, and he'll still be a bit of a draw. I think it's uh, a well-executed marketing campaign to uh, to level out the stock of a legend off the back of a, a drab showing. Well, again... I've gone for Goldberg as well, uh, mainly for the reasons that you've put. Also, I think if you want him to build up uh, Goldberg again, uh, putting him in the ring with an, an absolute bumping machine like Dolph Ziggler mm-hmm. is uh, certainly somebody that's going to make uh, Goldberg look like a, a real force, a real threat. I also think, to sort of go back to Trish and Flair... I think Charlotte losing really hurts her, really, really hurts her. But Dolph has been sadly quite irrelevant for a while now. And Agreed. just by being in the ring um, and competing with someone like a Goldberg has upped his stock. He's been closing roars now. That segment the other day was actually really well executed and um, given the opportunity to have Mike time to spout shooty bombs. He's 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 done very very well with that, and hopefully they'll see a bit of something in him that they can um, continue to put on TV after he rubs up our our um, bill. I completely agree. Uh, next up, US title AJ Styles defending against Ricochet. This one's a hard one. I agree because um, I think Ricky's got um, Ricky's got a rocket. At the minute, and rightfully so, I think there is nothing like him in their company. I think um, putting the belt on him in the first place was a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I think, uh, that being said, the doing what they did to Joe wasn't necessarily a good idea. Um, but it was, is Rick Say's time? Uh, <clears throat> I just think now that they've put all the belts on the the beautifully branded OC. Um, I don't think they are going to switch up here. I don't think they are. I think, um, I think they're going to keep it on AJ and um, have them run rough shot with Johnny Big Bollocks because all of them have got their gold. Um yeah, I think it's AJ's. I think it's AJ's. Hopefully, another if they both put on another worldie, then um, again, no one looks bad for whatever outcome happens. But I think they'll try and protect Ricochet with the numbers game. And uh, AJ's up. Well, it's a good job that we're not like doing a forfeit for whoever loses this predictions thing. Because, uh, again, I've gone exactly the same for uh, the same reasons. Uh, I just can't see AJ losing... Uh, I think there'll probably be interfe- interference from Gallows and Anderson. Uh, a bit of the old one of them distracts the ref while the other does a bit of the old uh, switcheroo behind the back, maybe toss AJ the belt, something like that. And yeah. yeah, I could see them having a great match and AJ not being able to put him away and then taking a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I struggled with AJ during his first heel run in the WWE because I, I I didn't think he amended his style well enough to help his babyface um, foes get over. 
I thought he did stuff that was just going to pop the crowd and get them on board with him. So I don't think his heel run was particularly successful last time. However, Ricochet can do things that AJ can't. So he is actually the perfect opponent for him right now. Um, yeah, maybe maybe AJ stays up, um, runs rough shot, fingers crossed with the underhanded stuff um, involved in the club. Uh, yeah, hopefully this run will, will be better served because I remember last time uh, him doing the this stuff with who was it? It was Ambrose, wasn't it? And Ambrose just can't do the all action style that AJ did, and Ambrose lost a lot of momentum for their feud. But um, yeah, faith this time. Next up, very intriguing match: uh, Finn Balor taking on Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah, all the rumbles seem to imply that uh, Fergal wants some some time off. Um, when I first saw it um, look to be set up, I groaned quietly to myself because. Bray has to win. The guy yes. just has to win. He I has, agree. he has these. What's it? Uh, Firefly segs have been absolutely incredible. Um, since the fiend has been seen on TV, the segments haven't quite banged as much. But that's an organic transition as you try and bring a character into the ring. Um, I still think they've been executed very, very well. Hopefully, uh, Bray's up. And uh, Finn isn't too hurt by this. My 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 dream situation here is Finn has to go away, and then for want of how little it matters, is found transferring to Raw because the brand split means a lot right now. Oh yeah, um, totally. And then and then goes into well, I don't know, spuddies up with the with the OC before eventually going into a feud with AJ for mania sort of time. That would be, that would be the most logical process with this. For me, Bray, Bray's up looks very, very strong. I don't know how the fiend would go about selling as a character. I don't know how it would go about being done with the mask on the whole time. I don't know quite the ins and outs of that, but they, he was so hot and is still really quite hot that they they can't be fucking this up now. They've got to do something smart here. Well, uh, five for five. I completely agree with you. Um, you mentioned how it will transfer from the vignettes to in-ring. Uh, I was a big fan of, of the first time that he debuted it against Balor. I thought that was done absolutely superbly. Uh, not as good the next couple of times, but... I think that's mainly because it was against legends. It weren't against people that he's he's going to be in a match or in a feud with. Um, as for wrestling with the mask, Kane managed to do it all right. I know it's a different type of mask. But... Yeah, I think I, my, my thing is um, when Kane was on the cell, he never really left his feet. Not until it mattered. And whilst Bray's a big stocky lad, he does he does snap. He does bump. He does move around for his opponent Kane was still carrying like six seven foot and was being sold as a monster whilst Bray is this absolute monstrosity of a being I don't know quite how his body type and his way of competing would would sell the notion of of that I've got every faith in the world in in, in Bray Wyatt I think he's a very very smart man I think he's executed this executed this whole thing without creative input from from the A 
and delivered something absolutely class original and um, so different from anything we've seen before in their shows in truth. Um, I'm just interested to see it. Just really interested to see it. Agreed. For me up to now, it's uh, probably the match that I'm most looking forward to seeing. Um, Next up, it's Kevin Owens versus the best in the world. (laughs) Shane McMahon. (laughs) Uh, If Kevin Owens loses... Um, he's probably going to go to AEW and make more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd let him do that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like they've tried to really commit a lot of time to getting Owens as this sort of anti-establishment type figure. Of late, they seem to be trying to replicate something um, in the Austin mould with him. Yeah, Stone Cold um, light, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like he's, even the stunners and that. I don't think it's and stunnering a man like it's it's all been done before and it's all been and it worked bloody well at the time. Um, yeah, I think I don't think Owens can really afford to lose. I think um, there's again there's talk of Shane being off TV after this, but that could all be subversion. Um, I think the issue that we've got when predicting this is the E do like a bit of subversion for subversion's sake. Um, and whilst we're mapping out something that we think will build us to, to the to a decent future, a, a decent Raw and SmackDown up post SummerSlam, they have got that a bit about them. So they could. Uh, this is one of the ones I really think they could switch up on. Um, but I'm going to go going to go Hart this time and going to go uh, yeah KO. Yeah, I've gone the same again. Um, I just hmm. can't see them. I can't see them losing. I can't see them being off uh, WWE TV. The only way I could see them doing it is if he did lose, and he went down to NXT for a bit. Yeah, I don't. It would. Chances are, if he does lose, he'll do the run-in thing until he's brought back. I think it'll be that old trope. But um, I don't want to see that. But that doesn't mean they won't do it. I. I, I yeah, I'm a bit suspect on this because it's all been built up for very much a specific thing and I don't know if they've got their sort of act act three of this coming out of it all all laid down. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Like time will tell. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the WWE champion Kofi Kingston Taking on good old Randolph Orton. Who is your money on? I've been looking forward to this one since Kofi won the belt. I thought they would have done this sooner, actually, because um, there's obviously the the backstory there of um, Orton nixing his first major push, never thinking it would come around again, and then something amazing happening with with Mania. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, this is I've really liked the sort of way that this story's been done, even though it has been a little um pushed lower down the card than I thought it would be in places. Um I don't think Orton's the man to take the belt off him. I think Orton's been fantastic during this tet tet they've had. But I don't think if if Kofi's gonna be dropping the belt, I don't think they'd revert to type and put it on Orton who at the minute is in a position of being able to eat whatever loss you throw at him and then still go into a feud looking like a credible competitor. And um, I don't think they need the belt on him at all. I really don't. So I'm going for Kofi. 
<clears throat> well, it's taken seven matches, but we finally have a differing opinion. Wow. I'm going to go for Randy Orton. Randall Keith. Randall Keith himself, and I'll tell you for why. Please do. Uh, it's because SmackDown is going on Fox soon in America, and uh, rumour has it they want a recognised name to uh, market the brand on. So I would not see past WWE putting the belt on Orton. Um, Whether you like him or not, there's no denying whenever his music hits, he gets massive reactions. Yeah, I I think he's fantastic. I think Orton is low-key one of the greatest ever. Um, I just don't think it's... I don't think it's right. Certainly not here. Potentially later on down the line. But then he, who's the baby face you're looking to build up to put this on after? Heading to Mania sort of time. I can't quite see one. I can't maybe, quite see Maybe one. somebody like um, Mustafa Ali? No, they were I don't giving, think... Because they were giving him a big push before he got injured. They were. They were. It would be really interesting to have seen. I think... The, the, and they've always the, got to go back to Saudi Arabia at some point. Yeah, I don't. I I think Ali is is set. I think he's gonna. I think he'll be fine for a while now. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't think this is this is the right time to do it. I I want the feud to continue, and I don't want it to be a rematch vibes thing. I think Kofi has turned himself into a star. Yeah, I think he has turned himself into a bit of a star of late, um, and it has been really really organic so for them to sort of not really take note of that and continue with it I don't think his run's been poor at all I think they've helped him look really really credible he's maintained his he's the kind of baby face they like as well he is the John Cena-esque appeal to the to the masses appeal to that most lucrative of demographics the consumering children market um I don't think they can afford to lose him in a way that they possibly could a Rollins at present. Us, yes, I'm going to stick with Kofi, mate. That's good. That's great. We finally got a bit of conflict. We finally had long last. (laughs) Right, next up, it's the Women's Smackdown Championship. Bailey taking on Ember Moon. Mm. Mm. Um, This has been a really weird build. Because it's been sort of like chummy in places. Then they've somehow, for some reason, hit each other to gain like a psychological edge. And then they've been chummy again. Um, I just don't, I don't quite know where they're heading. I know what I do, which is I would turn Bailey in a heartbeat. I think it's time for her to, to lose her hugger momentum, to lose her hugger persona rather. Um, and... And properly go all in on the fact that she's willing to do whatever it takes to keep this belt and not be looked upon as the lesser of the four horsemen. I think I think I'd like to see that done. I don't know if they will. I just don't think you can put Ember Moon on TV for a month, having had her read books in background segments for three and then look to do a belt switch. But again, this is another one of them ones that they could do subversion for subversion's sake. I don't think they'd have a plan coming out of it for either of them necessarily. But I'd love to see Bailey win with a heel turn here. Wow. Two in a row. We've gone different. Oh, you think this is Ember's time? 
Jeez. I'll tell you why. I think a returning Sasha Banks will cost Bailey the match. Oh, all right then. Interesting. Yeah. Because I think Sasha is, for want of a better word, a terrible face. Uh, I think she suits being a heel a lot better. And Bailey and Sasha have great matches. Put them they in do. a program. They do. I think if they were to do that, I don't think. I can't remember the last time the E did a real feud in the women's division that didn't involve a belt, with the exception of, of with the exception of a Charlotte match. I think Charlotte is the is the one that they have zoned in on and go. She is our linchpin. She is the benchmark of this game, and we force her to get matches wherever we can. Everything else that a women's match is is a title match. So I think if that were to happen, Bailey would retain clean, and then Sasha would turn up, and there'd be a brawl of sorts. So yeah, I think either or would be quite interesting. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm be. I, I just don't think they can. As good as Amber is, I think she's really, really interesting um, and very incredible athlete. But I think. Yeah, again, she she was doing nothing for so long, and in a month on TV, and it's not like the crowd were begging for her to be on TV either. At that time, it's not like when, yeah, when Kofi found himself in the gauntlet match, and then they, yeah, and then they booked him to get over out of nowhere, and then he was somehow astronomical white hot over. It's not like that, so I think um, I think they'll play safe. Good stuff. Uh, next match, another women's title match. Uh, Becky Lynch defending the Raw women's title uh, against another Canadian, uh, Natalia. Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, Becky wins, obviously. Um, I, I sort of feel for Becky a bit. I don't think she's had a real genuine challenger that can help raise her profile since taking the belt I think she's she worked with with Lacey and whilst I appreciated the oppositional factors of the woman versus the man I thought that was that just lasted too long I don't think that needed to be however long of a series that it turned out to be um I don't think anyone regardless of the fact it's in Toronto can really see this as as Natty taking it, I would like to see the Toronto crowd turn on Natty to a point, but it still feels like the E have been trying to sell this as face v face. They were good mates, and now there's actually a bit of heat between them. It just seems it seems a bit odd. It seems a bit odd, and Becky is still a superstar despite the way she's been booked. So I'm sticking with Becky. Getting back to what you said um, regarding her feud with uh, Lacey Evans lasting so long. Uh, do you think that it doesn't help that WWE seems to have only two or three week builds these days between each pay-per-view or special as they are now? Um, yeah, I'd the, like the to build, see... The build to this SummerSlam has only been about two weeks. Yeah, I, I think content is everything in the modern industry mm. and they're churning out how many three, four, five shows a week, something like that with regards to your main events and your NXTs and your NXT UKs to so six in it. Um, every week, content, content, content. Um, I think the attention span of the modern day wrestling fan is a lot shorter. Agreed. So I think building, 
building to a pay-per-view every three, four weeks is maybe a bit of a must with that type of audience. Um, I think it hampers quality. I think um, I like to see a long build with, with minimal like interactions or at least physical altercations before building to this super fight. If you look at the way in which the biggest fight of modern times has been Mayweather versus McGregor, which is a boxing match featuring one boxer. And somehow by the time that was done, I knew I had to pay money to see what happened. That just the hype was, was built out of nowhere was, and it was built fantastically well. And it made you think that McGregor had a bit of a chance when everyone knew hand on heart, he probably didn't. Um, I think a longer build can do that. I think time away can do that. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a pay-per-view every six months. I like the brand split when they did one pay-per-view a month per brand. That was possibly the best execution I see of that because then they each had six to eight weeks to build to their show. And then you had a lot of depth and a lot of narrative going on there and the heat felt so much more real. But they're not going to change that model at all. Oh, no, not a chance. And, uh... money, money is everything, man. It is indeed. And um yeah, this is another one I completely agree. Becky retains. Uh I'm, I'm more I, can't see, I can't see Natty winning purely for the fact that it's Becky and yeah. the fact the old WWE rule, uh you're wrestling in your home country, hometown, whatever, you're gonna lose. I kind of I'm more interested to sort of see if Becky stays over. Because if she's there and they get behind Natty I'll probably be really, really shocked. That I just won't. because she's it's the hometown Canada. girl. Yeah, just because she's a hometown girl, they're going to rally. I don't... I don't know. Becky has been arguably one of the biggest things ever in women's wrestling. I don't know if they are going to... If they are going to flip on her. I don't know if they will. They'll just get Michael Cole to uh, try out the old, well, we are in bizarre land. Yeah, yeah. Stick to what you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, last match. Uh, main event, probably, possibly. I think it probably will. Mm, uh, uni- Universal Championship. Uh, the big old walking refrigerator himself, Brock Lesnar, taking on Seth Rollins. Four. Um, everything about this implies that Rollins is going to take it back. Um, yeah, everything about the build Brock can do with being off TV again for a while. Um, there was a, such a backlash to him having the belt and not being around. Uh, to oh, be man, fair, but, though, he has been around. Yeah, no, he has. He has. But it's, I think when he took the belt, where was it? The, from his run previous, he obviously there was so much animosity towards him because he wasn't on TV and he didn't defend it on every pay-per-view and what have that um, fans tuned out a bit or it certainly were vocal online about it um, but the the booking of Seth of late I just I don't know I don't know I, it I, seems to be ever since they've gone public with his relationship in private and that's bled over into storyline with Becky Lynch that he's kind of had the wheels 
you know, taken out from under him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to a point, I think it just the characters of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch do not, are not going to, are not going to be in a relationship. Those characters won't be. So I think they were asking each other to portray something with their personas that was never going to click. And essentially Seth had to sort of show us so that Becky could look like the, the absolute anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian type figure that she is. Um, and he lost a couple of cool factors on that. Uh, and then whilst they've sell him they've sold him as resilient, I think they've tried to market him of late again in the same way that they're sort of doing with Kofi, but it's not an organic shift. It's not an organic shift trying to um, be the Cena for, uh. for a character like Rollins. It doesn't, it doesn't sort of tie in. And I think um, obviously comments he's been making online about banging a drum about how good WWE is. when He needs to get off the Twitter, doesn't he? I don't, there's, there's he's, wait, he's, he's catching a bit of the he's catching a bit of the old uh, your friend and mine Will Osprey, and he every time he seems to be going on a Twitter, he seems to be making a bit of a mug of himself. Sadly, uh, yeah, Will definitely had that rap. I think he does. <laughs> I think he's I think he's kept he's kept um yeah he's kept himself going quite well since his little tete a tete with uh with Seth actually. But uh yeah, I, I think I think he has I think. The company and his comments have helped alienate the audience that particularly resonated with him. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree the, the with that. Ones that. The ones that went, well, he has to win the Rumble, otherwise we're going to kick off because it's his year. He's put the work in. He's done this. And I don't think his work has, has lost any quality whatsoever. Um I think he's, again, sort of struggled for opponents. I think giving him AJ as his first defence was insane. Mm. Don't split the audience for your new... You're trying to make the new guy. Do not split the audience in his first defence. Then he had a feud with Baron Corbin, which seemed to just last forever. It's a similar similar thing with Becky on that one of just going, this series is just lasting too long. Um, I really like Corbin. I really like Seth, but... um, stylistically the, the clash wasn't particularly yeah they, they sort of clashed and it wasn't particularly enthralling um i just i really don't know what they'll do with this this is actually this is probably the hardest one to call yeah because uh, i despite everything telling me they want to get the belt back on seth i don't know if they think it's the right thing to do anymore hmm but I have to make a decision, Joe. I have to. But you do. Um, so I'll... I'll, I'll oh. Yeah. I'm going to go Brock. I'm going to go fucking mental. I'm going to go Brock. I don't think that's mental at all. That's who I've picked. Really? Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely unquestionably. Oh. I just can't see him losing it so quickly after Extreme Rules. Uh, I know it was a cash-in. Um, yeah. That, that's something that grinds my gears as well. Whenever yeah. anybody does a cash-in, if they're a heel, it's cowardly. But when they're a face, if they do exactly the same, oh, well done, mate. 
Yeah, you get the great opportunity there. Well done. Yeah, I think Punk. I remember Punk when he got cashed in on by Del Rio. Made a point of going, "I've got no beef with Del Rio. I do the exact same thing." And that was on that. I sort of went cool, but and then and then didn't he do the exact same thing against Jeff Hardy? Yeah, no, I think he said that. I think he said like I've done the exact same thing, so there's no there's no heat for that. However, you've got my title and I want it back. I was like absolutely fine. I mean, but <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just a bit. Oh, I just, I think, I think they gave the belt to Brock so he could drop it at SummerSlam. I think that was definitely the plan. I well, think that was what they did. They tried to build the hype and the momentum and have a box office SummerSlam main event by having their guy win it back in a way that was a more competitive fight than what they could have at Mania. Um, I think that was always the plan. But now I don't know. And now I well, don't know. Yes, there's only only one way to find out. That's tune in to the WWE Network on the <laughs> for they 9 99 <laughs> No, they're not. Jesus, man. Everybody nah, knows to be honest, mate. <laughs> to be honest, mate, I'll probably stream it. Probably shouldn't have said that on a podcast. Never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there are predictions. We've only gone two matches different. Uh, are you willing to come back next week so we can have a good old chinwag about SummerSlam? Yeah, go on then, bud. Go on then. Let's have a nice one. Before we go, what uh, would you have done? Would you have cut it? Yeah, I would. I probably just would have hung up on you then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we go, uh, do you want to plug anything? Any uh, social media, uh, big cartel sites, anything like that? Um, Well, there's not much going on by way of my big cartel t-shirt sales at present what with retirement and all um I'll, I'll i'll promote the old twitter and instagram that's at the jack sexsmith um but also check out um www.wetheindependent.com for my absolute bay and dear friend david Starr looking to promote um the concept of unionizing within professional wrestling uh yeah man it's a, it's a real real big deal this the that that talent can get what they're entitled to in a in a billion dollar industry even on an independent level um yeah it's a it's a pretty special concept and it looks like it's gaining some legs so um i'm proud to support my friend in that absolutely fantastic stuff uh right next next week are we going to have a forfeit for whoever loses oh god simmer down what, what, what? Um, I don't know. A grand? What? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was thinking more like um, um, the, the, the loser, the winner, sorry. No, oh, yeah. The loser has to sing the entrance theme of the winner's choice. Fucking hell. I have a brand to maintain. I don't. I've retired. I'll do it. <laughs> Fantastic. There we go. Tune in next week to hear some absolutely bang average singing. Uh, Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure having him on you uh, here, on mate. And uh, I will catch you next week, sir. Yes, you will. Thanks for having us, Avis. All the best. Yo, this is the independent David Starr, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Yo, this is Haskins, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. What's up, guys? This is the Aerial Assassin, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. 
I'm Sammy Callahan, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs on the HTM Network. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, that was Jack Sexsmith, a former professional wrestler here in the UK. Uh, very good wrestler he was too, uh, flying the flag for the LGBTQ community. Uh, been in the ring with uh, many a name wrestler over here in the UK. Uh, Zach Gibson, uh, Travis Banks, uh, Pete Dunne, uh, Jimmy Havoc, Mark Haskins, the list goes on. If you want to check out some of Jack's matches, they can be found on uh, Demand Progress and uh, Riptide Wrestling's VOD, uh, the two places where he was most prominently featured. Uh, hopefully, speak to Jack again next week, uh, covering the results from SummerSlam. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, again, thanks to Jack Sexsmith. Uh, thanks to you, the listeners, for listening. Um, if you want to get in contact, you can do it via Twitter, at Others Chairs. Uh, Facebook, the Tables, Others and Chairs message board. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tables, Others and Chairs. And uh, be sure to subscribe to HTM Podcast Network with all the great shows. Uh, PW Hustle, them boys are back from the wrestling slums. Uh, Wrestle Podcast with Robin Nelson. Turnbuckle Talk with Big Joe and Carl. And HTM Sports and HTM Wrestling with Jargo and RBV. That's it for this week. Britress is dead. Long live Britress. Uh, I'll be here next week to discuss its bloated corpse. Uh, until then, have an awesome weekend, and I'll see you next week. Ta-ra!
but I don't know why. 